It was ugly. It was reminiscent of game one last year against Miami, but similar to last year, the Bucks found some way to win this game over the Chicago Bulls. 93-86, they take a 1-0 lead in the series, but there's plenty to talk about. Defense from both teams. Uh, the management of Giannis in foul trouble, I'm sure, is going to be a big topic here. Uh, Frank's shaking Terrible. his head. So maybe let's just get straight into it. <laughs> Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and after every playoff post game. We should say now that we are in the playoffs as well. You can also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me from the founder, is the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online where the game starts. And of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. And if you're a Bucks fan, you're probably waking up uh, happy, but also relieved. The Bucks win this game 93 86. There looked like it was going to be a blowout early in this game and ended up a battle down the stretch. And Frank, last time we spoke last uh, at the end of last week, I said, My one concern for this series is if you do get. In a close game late, the Bulls have got shot makers. They didn't make shots down the stretch. Uh, this was two two teams that really struggled to make no shot shots were made. No shots, no were, shots made, were made yeah. tonight. It was ugly. Uh, but sometimes, Frank, you have to win ugly, and the Bucks do win this one, ninety three eighty six. And we spoke about last year how what happens if the Bucks don't get out of that game one? You find yourself in a dogfight of a series. Potentially, could have been the same here. Of course, the Bulls will still like their chances of making it competitive, but. Uh, in the end, the score doesn't really matter. Wipe the slate clean and hopefully move on. And this is a, as ugly as it gets. Yeah, never trust the game one bucks. That's the that's new, for uh, damn sure. That's <laughs> the new version of of the never trust the bucks quote, which I, I officially retired uh, on July twentieth, two thousand twenty one. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you kind of said it like it, if this was our first rodeo uh, in terms of bucks playoff runs. Um, I think I'd be angrier or more annoyed or more <laughs> concerned, but I, I, you know, as, as you said, like th- this has been a recurring theme, which I mean, that's a problem, right? Um, because, uh, you know, if you're going to give yourself, um, a, a, a no one deficit, you know, certainly when you play better teams, right. We saw that last year, yeah. um, the bucks going down Oh one in the last three rounds they played. I mean, you just put so much pressure on yourself to to be perfect or to be, you know, really sharp the rest of the way out. Um, but uh, obviously against a Bulls team that uh, for as much as the Bucks struggled and, and shot poorly and turned it over a ton, right? 21 turnovers. I think that was really kind of the, the thing that jumped out to me was um, I think the Bulls defense, they had a really good game plan um, and, you know, really got into the Bucks on the perimeter uh, you know, Caruso was great tonight defensively. I thought, you know, that was that was sort of like the, you know, the, the Alex Caruso uh, Alex Caruso experience that that Bulls fans, you know, were talking about at, at midseason. Um, 
and really got into Chris Middleton, you know, the two former Texas A&M Aggies and, you know, Middleton was never really able to use that size consistently. Um, you know, he had a really tough shot on Zach Levine early and from there on out, you know, a lot of this, I think, I think the encouraging with Chris maybe is, I mean, he was only three of six on two. So he didn't like, it wasn't like 0 for 8 on twos, but just one of seven on threes. And obviously you expect more of those shots to go in. If, you know, two more of those go in, then, you know, he's looking at a much, a much better line, but, you know, to me, I think the bigger concern is just the sloppiness of the turnovers. I thought the Bulls, again, just did a really nice job pressuring at the perimeter. And this is what we talked about in the, the podcast on Friday, right? That that was sort of the tone setting that they did early in the season. Lonzo Ball, Alex Crusoe, really getting into guys, blowing up actions, really making it hard to get into stuff um, offensively and kind of being able to mask some of the limitations they have with Vooch and the rest of the team defensively. And I thought they just did a really nice job of that. And then they rotated well enough, right? A lot of, a lot of early double teams on Giannis and they managed to gum up the middle um, because a lot of those turnovers were just live ball, you know, bounce passes, quick little flips into the middle that just got deflected and, and stolen away. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there will be, you know, I don't love having a couple of days off here, Monday, Tuesday yes. off before Wednesday. You know, I feel like the Bucks would probably be better off. They'll probably be chomping at the bit to to play another game and sort of show that that they're better than what they looked like here in game one. Um, but the you know, Bud and his staff are gonna have plenty to sort through in terms of film, um, things that they can do better and and certainly um, you know, Chris and Drew in particular, obviously not the kind of performances that that you expect from those guys, but Drew hit a couple big shots in the fourth quarter. Um, obviously, the defense from him was really good. Levine and DeRozan, 12 for 44. Uh, I thought, you know, Holiday and Matthews just did a really good job Shout out. collectively of just, again, build the wall at the foul line, hands up. You know, uh, DeRozan, six free throws. Okay, fine, right? Um, and he said he wasn't going to go six for 25 again. Uh and that may be true, although shades of uh, Kyrie Irving, who said basically the exact same thing a few years ago, <laughs> when he then subsequently shot worse and worse in the rest of that series. So hopefully he pulls a Kyrie Irving. I don't expect him to, but um, 18 points on 25 shots. You know, you can't defend DeRozan better than what we saw uh, from the Bucks tonight. I, I think he, I don't think he got any layups. Brooke Lopez was great. And, um, you know, Giannis was, was pretty good. Didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter with the foul trouble. Um, but to me, this was about, you know, again, the Bucks showing that the defensive pedigree can be there. And I think this is the third straight game now that we've seen the Bucks, the, Bull, the Bucks defense look great against the Bulls. And obviously a lot of that's just because the Bulls continue to struggle from three, seven to 37. Bucks were 10 out of 38, so not a whole lot better. Um, but, you know, you look at the scoreboard, that was really the difference. The, the fact that the Bucks were slightly less horrendous from from three-point range and um you know at the end of the day they just obviously were able to make some plays in the fourth quarter and brooke lopez a couple big three-point plays and drew holiday as we said a couple big buckets and again just defensively they did what they had to do yeah stick around because we are going to get to the Giannis stuff because i think that honestly was one of the bigger conversations and it's only one game but i i think if we keep it positive i think right now and you mentioned brooke lopez and and, you know, I, I tweeted the same thing. I mean, a couple of blocks in the fourth quarter, those couple and ones where no one could make a shot at all. And Brooke Lopez was just able to flip those shots up and in. But on the defensive side of the ball, we, you brought it up on Friday when you were talking about the three-point rate of the Bulls. They aren't a big three-point shooting team, which is interesting when you have a guy like Vucevic who has hurt the Bucks in the past. 
was he going to be willing to shoot those above the break threes? Well, he got up 10. And that's a that's a really, really high number for him. But he only hit two of those. And you saw right from the start that that shot was going to be there for him. And even late in the game, there was a couple where I was holding my breath on it. But then Vucevic tended to want to get into uh, the post and post guys up. And he did a decent job of that. But I still thought there was a couple of occasions where, and there's one that sticks with me um, in my mind, where Wes sort of helped off Vucevic was in the post. And it's like, you know what? If Vucevic is really going to back down Brook Lopez or even Drew Holiday, who made his life really difficult on a couple of those post-ups, just let Vucevic go one-on-one. And, and don't help off for some of those threes. The Bulls only shot 18%. So I think if you're a Bucks fan looking at it and saying, well, the Bucks didn't hit threes, well, Milwaukee kind of never hits threes in the playoffs. This is something we've gotten used to seeing. And the Bulls were 18% from three, Frank. So there's still plenty of uh, room for improvement, obviously, with the Bulls. The question will be, we know that the Bucks defense can, can withstand an entire series. Will the Bulls be able to bring up that level uh, throughout the entire series? Because as you said, I thought Caruso was probably the barometer. Yeah, I mean, again, I just think matchup-wise, I I like what the Bucks can do defensively um, against the Bulls, and um, you know, I, it's interesting because uh, I mean, this maybe transits into a little bit into the, to the Giannis conversation with the foul trouble. Um, I mean, first off, like malpractice trying to go offense defense with Giannis in these last few minutes, right? I mean, we can we can debate whether Bud should have gone back to Giannis um, earlier. Um, in the fourth quarter after he picks up the fifth foul, which let's say as well, I mean, when we talk about like, well, you know, in the playoffs, you can just play Giannis 42 minutes every night. Well, Giannis can't be picking up all these fouls. I mean, he, I think he had a career high in fouls this year. A lot of that was because he was playing center early in the season, but he's got to be smarter, right? Like you just can't pick up cheap fouls in particular. Um, some of these fouls may be kind of bang, bang, kind of, you know, fouls we don't like. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he, he's the first person responsible for keeping himself on the floor. And so, you know, he couldn't have played 42 minutes tonight just because he was getting too many fouls. Right. Um, that said, um, the fact that he came back, what with like, it was a five or six minutes left him and Levine both had five fouls, which, you know, obviously less of a factor for Levine, given how he plays, but the fact that they then took him out again after whatever it was. I don't know how I'd have to double check how much time One possession. He, he had the assist to Drew Holiday and then got taken straight back out. Yeah. And then they had, I think it was, they had the, the um, above three minute timeout, the user mm-hmm. lose it. I think um, that then let them get back in. And then, you know, baffingly, I the, double check the play by play for me when, when he got taken out again, but it's just like, I mean, look, the bucks have a, luxury in this series because not only do you have brooke lopez but when you put bobby portis in there first off i think bobby has done you know he thought he did a nice job defensively tonight he wasn't like a weak link that really got exploited badly or anything defensively and the other thing is it's like pat williams they just don't he doesn't do anything right like he took three shots had five points tonight and if bobby portis is guarding pat williams like they're not going to run pick and roll with Pat Williams really, or, you know, like they, they want to run it through Vucevic because of his passing and all that. So um, we'll be interested to see if maybe they do something differently next game to force, you know, a Bobby into a play like that. But obviously you hope next game you won't have to run with Bobby in the last couple minutes of a close game because you'll have Giannis and Brooke and you can keep those, both those guys out there. So, um, so it was interesting. I mean, again, credit to the other bucks, including Bobby for, and Brooke, because they, made it academic. You know, the Bucks were not hurt. They expanded the lead a little bit when Giannis was on the bench. 
Um, but just total overcoaching to me, total getting way too cute with stuff. And, you know, end of the day, Giannis was plus 19 in 34 minutes tonight. Um, they win by seven. So, uh, you know, minus 12 in the 14 minutes he was off. And, you know, it just felt like all game long, that was really all the Bucks had to do to get, to re- regrow the lead was just put Giannis back in. He was the only guy that was really consistently kind of really hurting the Bulls. And instead, it was obviously a really disjointed fourth quarter. He didn't score a point. I don't know if he, maybe he took one shot in the fourth quarter. Um, but obviously they really, you know, kind of took him out. You know, basically it was one of those, the coach fouls out his own player type situations. And, uh, you know, again, I, I, my, my, my mindset generally with Giannis and foul trouble is, Hey, especially now that you have the luxury of having some depth at the big spots, let the guy play. And if he can't, you know, if he can't avoid a foul out, then, you know, again, you're kind you're basically fouling him out again by yourself if you're not playing him inside of two minutes. So just, just trust the guy, right? He's, you know, he's a two-time MVP. He's your best player. He plays both ways. And again, defensively he loses something if he's trying not to foul but at that point like just play with the reins off and whatever happens happens yeah so he was in for 47 seconds so he came in there was that one offensive possession where uh they double or triple teamed him and he kicked it out to drew holiday drew holiday hit the big three the bulls called timeout and when they came back i it wasn't even something I was looking for. And then uh, I think Grant Hill mentioned, he goes, I don't really know why Giannis is off the floor. But anyway. Yeah, he was like sitting like behind the bench almost. It was like, I, my first thought was like, is he injured? Like, did he, is he injured? Like what, what happened? Yeah. It was a strange situation. I've got Bud's reaction here. So we'll see how he explained it after the game. Anyway, after I talk about Athletic Greens, our sponsor of the podcast, and uh, we're talking about AG1, uh, which is the product from Athletic Greens. And uh, I started taking AG1 because... Uh, I'm tired. I'm tired all the time. And uh, and sometimes in the morning, actually, Frank, I, I don't have time to be uh, to be making a, a big breakfast. So all you can do is put a couple of scoops of AG1 and then uh, it, you're helping out your health. You've, you've got more energy. You're optimizing your immune system and, uh, and you're just feeling good about yourself. So there's a couple of things you need to know about AG1. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat a keto, paleo, vegan, dairy, whatever your diet is, this uh, this works for all these. And uh, me, I'm just a, a pretty normal uh, dietary uh, thing I've got going on here, Frank. But there's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it still tastes good, which is hard to uh, believe. But it supports better sleep quality, which for me, I'm a terrible sleeper. Absolutely awful sleeper. So it helps me. And it costs you less than $3 a day, which is cheaper than the coffee I'm usually going out and buying anyway. So basically, it's good for you. You'll feel better. Uh, get stuck into the AG1. Athletics Green, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I tell you what, if you're talking about uh, health and food, Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made, Frank. It's a couple of scoops of AG1. Uh, wash it down with a built bar, and I'm telling you, you will be unstoppable. The day you're going to have is going to have be the best of your life, and then it'll be your routine. Uh, that's me saying that. That's not. Uh, that's there's no promises. No promises there. Let me just be clear. But built bar covered in 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these because they're just simply better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. With a built bar, you're looking at 130. So half the calories, much better for you. 
and the flavors are excellent mint brownie coconut coconut almond uh, white chocolate cookies and cream i believe that's still up there on the website but they've all got uh, they've always got different specials uh, coming up there, Frank. So you can check it out at built.com. Just use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Got to be careful what I'm saying there, Frank. That's a... <laughs> For me personally, uh, I just want to say uh, they about can't my... sue you. You're in Australia; they'll, they'll never be able to make it stick. What are you? Are they going to sue you from from the United States? Come on! Yeah, talking about my own experience. But speaking of their uh, own experiences, uh, Budenholzer obviously had his own experience when it came to Giannis and his foul stuff. So uh, the great man Eric Name asked him. Obviously, it was a big talking point. Uh, and Bud said, "We were up three with a free throw." Uh, and just keep him in. I had both my timeouts. If they scored, we were probably going to call timeout. Just make sure he's there to finish the play, finish an offensive possession. Bobby Portis had some good defensive possessions, so just taking away the option of going at Giannis and avoiding his sixth foul to stay in the game. Of course, he can't pick up his sixth foul if he's not in the game, Frank. Uh, so that's um, that's a pretty astute observation right there. But then he goes on to say, we've got a lot of confidence in Brook and Drew on the offensive end of the court. And uh, defensively, a lot of the action was DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic. So they felt like they took a bit of a chance, but they had the confidence in those guys. Uh, the interesting part for me, and this is what I said to you before we started recording, Bud's ability to treat game ones like they are just a, just a warm-up, just a, an open scrimmage with crowds to just ease your way into the series is hilarious. And he says the confidence to put Bobby back in, I think it's good for him to get those reps. You know, we've got to do it together. So it was a good opportunity for us. And this is a game one where you've got a Bulls team playing for their absolute life and, uh, and the Bucs uh, were able to pull it out. Uh, he did have the timeouts and I thought it was interesting. If you're not going to put Giannis on the defensive end, uh, then okay. But I thought he was definitely going to call timeout and put him on the offensive end because as you pointed to, uh, he was creating everything. And the Bucks' number one play of the day was literally just throw the ball up in the air under the hoop. Giannis will jump up and get it and throw down a dunk. So I thought... It was crazy not to go back to Giannis, but I think the, the, only, the only thing I'll, I'll say, when you've got old mate Tony Brothers in the game who was desperate, and I mean desperate to have an impact in the fourth quarter, then you, you, have, you do have some game awareness of what type of foul they're going to call. And with a guy like Tony Brothers, you do know that he could not give a shit if he fouls Giannis out of the game. And I thought the fourth foul, which was really the costly one, and this is kind of the interesting thing about having Giannis... Uh, out of the game on the defensive possession is that I think he he had at least three offensive fouls, maybe four offensive fouls on the night. So don't know about the thinking there. I mean, you kind of trust Giannis on the defensive end, but maybe maybe Bud was just aware of Tony, old Tony. I mean, Vucevic had had two chances with a minute left. Pick and roll. He gets ahead of steam going right down the middle. Kudos to Bobby Portis for challenging the initial kind of runner, but then Vooch got the rebound and Brooke kind of mistimed his jump or just couldn't get up quite quick enough. I mean, Vooch had a, you know, bunny, bunny. Yeah. It was just right there and he misses it. And um, Brooke gets the rebound. And, you know, that was, you know, essentially where, where to me, kind of the, the last, you know, kind of the death knell when the Bucks score on the other end. So um, I mean, this is the way it is, right. It's, <laughs> it's a game of inches and the Bucks, you know, you, you wouldn't have guessed it from the offensive execution tonight, right? They just were absolutely stuck in mud. It felt like felt like that Nets series where the Bucs just could not get out of their own way, just turning the ball over left and right, missing shots with, with the you know, your number two and three guys with Chris and Drew not being able to really 
live up to what we expect from them. Felt like that net series all over again for stretches there. Um, but, you know, the Bucks win another close game. They win another close playoff game. This is how they won a championship, right? I mean, um, as much as the, the Suns are the team that everybody looks at, understandably, as, you know, kind of the clutch kings of the NBA, um, you beat them three times in clutch play to win an NBA championship. You obviously had to win a number of clutch games against the Nets, the Hawks, um, and at least one again, <laughs> one clutch game against the Miami Heat in the first round and get that game one. So, um, you know, I, I give the Bucks a little bit of credit, but certainly um, this was this was a game that that you survived more than a game that they really, you know, kind of took control. And, uh, you know, again, I, I think you have to give credit to, to both teams defensively. And I, I think the Bulls, to me, that's that's what the Bulls, you know, again, they'll defensively they're going to feel great about the way things worked. And I think now the question is, you know, what do the Bucks come back with for an answer? Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see it. You know, I think more Giannis in the middle of the floor where he's got more passing options when they bring those extra bodies is, is one. And we saw them go to that, you know, kind of three man action that they love to go down the stretch with. Um, felt like maybe a little earlier than they might otherwise would just given the way that Chicago was, was doubling. But um, you know, if, if they double Giannis, I mean, he was the most doubled player in the NBA this year, I think 35% of his possessions, he was doubled. So that's nothing new. Right. Um, and, you know, he scores 27 points tonight, even with all the double teaming. So, um, you know, Giannis is used to that kind of thing, but uh, now it's just a matter of making sure those other guys cash in. And obviously a big part of that is three point shooting. And, you know, some of the supporting cast tonight, obviously was pretty anonymous, right? You know, pretty much pretty much a, a typical rotation, right? I mean, this is the mm. the nine guys, Javon Carter playing instead of George Hill, who was out with the abdominal injury. Um, but Bobby Portis, 23 minutes, Connaughton, 18, Grace Nallen, 18. But, you know, Connaughton, one out of six from three, three points on seven shots. Grace and Allen, totally anonymous, you know, not like the guy that we saw against the Bulls last couple of games where he really, you know. And think, the worst pass of the night, Frank. That's and the worst pass of the night. Oh, that, that pass in transition that just <laughs> overshot everybody oh was God. terrible. Um, but, yeah, Grace and Allen was a complete zero tonight. And, um, you know, it's one game. You want it. And I think, I think you know, I, 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 I was thinking this earlier when I was watching the Nets and Celtics game. You know, if you're the Nets, you know, you literally you're winning until the last, you know, the buzzer basically on, on that Tatum land. And man, like if you're, especially if you're playing, um, if you're the road team and you don't have home court, you get a chance to beat a team on the road and you can't pay it off. Like that just is a killer. And we'll see obviously with that net series. I mean, they have Kevin Durant, they have Kyrie, they'll talk about killers. Right. Um, but I think if you're the bulls, you know, I tweeted it before the game. My only tweet pregame was, you know, the stat about the bucks last year, losing three out of four. And obviously the only game one win they had was also ugly and extremely close with Miami. Um, this was the game for them to take. Right. Um, and again, it's not to say that the bucks are going to just roll and have an easy time of it in game two. But if you told me, which game do I feel more confident in? I definitely would have said, even coming into this one, not knowing the result, I would have said, well, I feel better about game game two than game one just because of the history of this team. So, um, you know, feels like a big missed opportunity for the Bulls. And as we saw in that Heat series last year, you know, sometimes you fail to take advantage of that. And then, you know, a team like the Bucks, with the talent they have, they just start to get rolling. And next thing you know, it's, it's 4-0. So we'll see. 
I mean, still a lot of work to do, but at the end of the day, we know, I mean, I'm, man, last playoffs, it takes a long ass time to get, to get through an entire playoffs and win a championship. So part of me is just like, Hey, you know what? You're just counting down those 16 wins you have to get. And game one, you marked it down to 15. That that's the main thing. Yeah. When I saw people talking about 15 wins to go, I thought, goodness, uh, this is uh, potentially a long road ahead. Uh, I've got to, got to, uh, take care of this voice over the next two months of podcasting frank that might be the key thing but you mentioned game once if you are someone that's into betting then you should go to betonline.net and if the bucks are able to get through this series little advice for you whether it's the celtics or the nets you might want to check the odds for that other team in game one because the bucks aren't winning it i'm here to tell you the bucks are not winning game one in the second round if they advance and you can get all the odds uh for this series as well and futures uh, all those types of things, finals MVP. I think Giannis still second favorite for finals MVP behind Devin Booker. I think the Suns are doing a number on the Pelicans right now as we record this. But betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments. And it's not just basketball, uh, baseball, obviously, as well. Check out what's going on with the Brewers. Uh, just head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's betonline, where the game starts. You mentioned Wes off the top. He's been a he's been a talking point uh, for a while. We, we've certainly discussed, and I I've been heavily in favor of putting him in the starting lineup. And I think we saw the exact reason tonight when I was watching the way that he was defending and really just completely selling out to just harassing Demar Derozan. And I was thinking to myself, you can't ask Chris Milton to do that. <laughs> like, like that that is not a role that is going to go well for him. And it's exactly why he's out on the floor. And then if it's someone like Grayson Allen. Well, DeRozan's he's not going to be too worried about it. So this tonight was a perfect example if you just spent possessions just watching the way Wesley Matthews was trying to even deny DeMar DeRozan the ball. Now, he played 26 minutes. Perhaps the most impressive stat is the fact that he only had two fouls, Frank. And you mentioned that DeRozan only went to the free throw line six times. A couple of times, I honestly thought DeRozan just fell over. And they were like, okay, well, let's, let's blow the whistle. It didn't look like there was a lot of contact there. But he's a physical defender. He's got the size. And, and I, again... I think his willingness to just try and deny the ball at at the start of a possession was as big as anything, and then uh, and then we saw obviously Drew Holiday spend some time there as well. But did we? Is that what you expected? Drew Holiday on Zach Levine, uh, Wesley Matthews on Demar Derozan, which is how they started uh, this one out. Yeah, that's what we talked about on Friday, and it's kind of funny to me. Like, um, I mean, I've heard Bill Simmons talk about the Bucks. I've heard Zach Lowe, obviously, who knows more about basketball than I'll ever know. Um, I won't necessarily say the same about Bill in terms of his, at least his knowledge of the Bucks. But, um, well, well but, Bill, Bill will be very disappointed. I know he'll be listening to this podcast. Shout out to you, uh, Williams. I, 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 Bill's a great, great, Bill's great at podcasting. Yeah, no doubt. I don't think he claims to know everything about basketball, but, <laughs> um, but it's kind of fun. I think even Zach, like, just like straight up didn't talk about Wes when they were talking about, you know, guarding, yeah. guarding the, the Bulls' wings. And, um, like West is like nobody talks about it. like people just don't like talk about him even though he's been starting now for a few weeks and I I get it like uh, even us you know us kind of yeah. bucks people who like Wes we're always like a little bit anxious about like trying to act like oh he's the PJ Tucker replacement and like oh we're good we got our we got our role playing starter like it's all fine um you know I think we're all a little anxious to see how he holds up yeah. over what will hopefully be a long playoff run. We're all anxious to see like offensively, you know, tonight, two out of three from three, six points, 
plus nine, take it. You know, every game you'll you'll take just hit a couple open threes. Second one actually came at kind of an important point where the Bucks were really starting to struggle offensively at a corner three. Um, so yeah, I mean, he did the job tonight. And and again, you know, kind of like last game when DeRozan had 40, you know, I said, look, West for the most part did his job, you know, put his hands up, was strong against him. Um, I don't think he fouled him much um, tonight. Again, only six free throws for DeRozan, six out of 25. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Wes is the DeRozan stopper or something like that. I still think you know, Drew is a better option just because he's better laterally. But I think, again, just stylistically, because DeMar is not really trying to get to the rim typically anyway, that, that Wes tends to be a pretty good matchup. And again, it's just about eating innings and, you know, giving Chris Middleton a chance to not have to always defend uh, an all-star caliber player. Although Chris, Chris defended Levine a fair bit tonight. Yeah. And I thought he did fine. I mean, you look at Levine's numbers, obviously, um, six out of 19 from the field, 18 points. You'll take, you'll take that every game too. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think credit to, to Wes, um, Wes and Bobby, Bobby, excuse me, the only two bucks that hit more than one three pointer tonight on the night when the team went 10 for 38. So, um, yeah, um, nice, nice shift from Wes tonight, 27 minutes probably feels about right. Um, and uh, he was obviously part of that closing group. And again, people are going to not talk about him as, you know, being in that closing combination. But, you know, these games keep happening and we keep seeing him obviously be, be in that group that that Bud trusts. And so far, he's obviously, for the most part, continued to, to earn that trust. Yeah, tough night for Pat, one for six from three when you talk about those role players. And I, I thought some of those looks were pretty good as well. And that's probably why when you look at uh, the way that the Bulls were defending Giannis and the double and the triple teams, and then you say, well, he only had three assists. It's because the Bucks couldn't hit an open three. So hopefully that changes moving on in the series. Uh, make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast. They'll be uh, wrapping up everything from the weekend, uh, from tonight's games as well. Obviously, Miami handled the Hawks in game one there as well. So a bit going on around the league. Check out the Locked On NBA podcast. And you know, to me, as we wrap up this, with two nights off, which as you pointed to, is a little annoying. I kind of just want to get this series rolling now. I wish it was every other day. Uh, but George Hill probably is going to be available for game two. He was pretty close uh, for this one. He was looking very sharp, very sharp. I think it was like a, I, th- I think it was a, sa- a salmon suit, I think we would call it. But he had like a white T-shirt underneath, white shoes. The glasses was an excellent look. So I thought George Hill was looking great on the sidelines today. There's no doubt about that. Was, but, it, wasn't uh, it dark? was it really salmon? I, I, I thought I saw him at one point, but I, I, I thought it was like darker. But, you know, I'll leave look, it to uh, you, uh, you, you. You clearly were had your eye on him. <laughs> I did. There's no doubt. And I, I didn't, uh, I wouldn't say I'm great with colors. So someone will be able to let us know uh, what was going on there. And uh, But if the Bulls want to prove that they're into this series, Frank, and they're really locked in, and I think they should spend the next two nights at the Fista. That'll prove some toughness. I would not stay at the Fista Hotel, by the way. I got no problem in saying that I would be too scared to stay there. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, you know, whenever I've been in Milwaukee, I've lived there and slash stayed with my parents when I visit. So the idea of needing to stay in a hotel in Milwaukee has <laughs> just, you know, never been a factor. So I've never had, you know, the option. Um, so I don't know. I've, I've been inside the Fister lobby. I think yeah, I had too, lunch yeah. there at some point. But, uh, but yeah, never never stayed there. Um, and I guess I guess you're not going to be getting like a, you know, like next time you go to Milwaukee, I guess you're not going to be renting out like a presidential suite at the Fister um, for fear of, 
running into some presidential ghosts or or whatever whatever ghost stories uh, tend to tend to run in the Fister, right? Frank, I, I tell you what, when I this was going back a few years ago when I was in Milwaukee, I went on a date and it was at the bar at the at the Fister, which you know, but whatever. And uh, I think it is haunted because I sat down and when I went to sit down at this table, the glass a full glass of water spilt on my pants and I was wearing like light colored pants. So I just met this person and I but the first thing I had to say to her is look, even if this isn't going well, we have to stay here for at least an hour because I cannot stand up. Um, so that was, <laughs> anyway, we didn't hang out again after it, but that's how it went down. And so and... you, you, you're blaming the Fister ghost for your lack of game is, is what I'm hearing. No, 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 no. The Fister ghost obviously wanted to teach me a lesson because I knew I was scared and it knocked the glass of water onto me. Anyway, that's a completely irrelevant story. And I'm just letting in everyone in on that one there, by the way, the Fister hotel for people not from Milwaukee is said to be haunted. There's plenty of stories. So anyway. That's where I'm going with that. Why not? I, by the way, I, I I had no idea about any of this growing up in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, Milwaukee area. I, I honestly, I think I only heard about this in the context of NBA hotels and stories like this. Because I think also Oklahoma City, I want to say, there was like rumors about, I think Oklahoma City, <laughs> like one of the, the hotels there um, has, you know, like players have been afraid of being haunted by stuff i don't know well i think it's a big um, baseball thing because like if they have to stay in milwaukee for five days there's players that are just like i am not staying there for five days <laughs> like, like that is not happening <laughs> which i totally understand so anyway one other question um, for you. I, I was gonna say one one thing um just just one other kind of like number that jumped out 16 offensive rebounds for the Bulls tonight. Um, you know, I think we one of one of the things we talked about in the two Brooke Lopez games. I I think the Bucks had I don't know if they had a 90% defensive rebound rate in both of those games, but they did very well on the defensive glass in those games, kind of like in you know, continuing with that theme of the Bucks size really kind of weighing in um and and being a a, a huge presence. Um 16 offensive rebounds. However, the Bulls missed so many shots. That 16 offensive rebounds is actually only a 25% offensive rebound rate, which is, you know, better than what teams typically have against the Bucs are typically in the low 20s. Um, but, you know, not disastrous, but I would say not where the Bucs would want to be uh, against the Bulls in particular. I think they would look at the Bulls and say, hey, we got to do a better job on the defensive glass. So something, something to watch out for um, just in terms of one more thing <laughs> that the coaching staff uh, for the Bucks can can focus on and and maybe harp on a little bit in these couple of days off, um, something for the Bucks to clean up in in game two. Uh, so I was I was going to have a look. I, I think it's gone. Our friend Mitchell Maurer sent us a tweet. I think it was from Brandon Jennings, was it? Was it was it not from Brandon Jennings about yeah think... complaining or pointing out that the basically the the, the Bulls stink <laughs> ever since they picked up Tristan Thompson. I think. Yeah, I think that that's gone. Unless it was an old tweet, but anyway, either way, I think it resurfaced tonight. Tristan Thompson played a few minutes tonight. I wouldn't say it was an influential stint on the court for him. Uh, one last question as we wrap this up, Frank: uh, What is your favorite stock to exchange? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I by the way, when so people don't know, we're talking about um, <laughs> Sandro Mamukelashvili asked uh, Jordan Wara that question. I guess when they were. Not entirely clear why, but when they were in New York a couple of weeks back, the Bucks, uh, a number of the Bucks went with, um, you know, Bucks. Uh, I forget who from the Bucks ownership group. If it was Laz, Mark Lazary or, yeah. or who it was, but um, but they rang the bell at the New York Stock Exchange, 
Um, and uh, there was some video from the crack staff, uh, the Bucks video team uh, of of Mamu asking Jordan <laughs> yeah. what his favorite soccer team is. I, I was expecting Jordan to have some snappy comeback and that that would be the joke. And I was kind of like let down that, that Jordan didn't even really give an answer. Um, so I don't know. We still don't know the answer of what Jordan wore his favorite stock to exchanges, but I'm more, I'm, I'm an index fund guy, Kane. I, I yeah. don't have any illusions that I can beat the market um, in my spare time. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, big index fund guy. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't have a good answer for, for my favorite stocks to exchange either. Well, uh, the main point is shout out to Mamu, who I think is great for content. Uh, last year, we had Mamadi Diakite, who was providing some gold on the social media. And now we've got Mamu, who, by the way, can't play in the playoffs as a two-way two -way player. But geez, he's just going to sit on the bench and he is going to have a great time. He looked like he was having fun tonight. So shout out to Mamu. We uh, we like him and we enjoy the content. Uh, speaking of content, Locked On Bucks will be back tomorrow. We'll be back every day this week as we lead up to game two. Uh, obviously a little bit of a break here, which would have been a pretty annoying break if the Bucks weren't able to squeak out this win tonight. But now you get to sit on 1-0. Hopefully uh, they'll have a better performance in game two and uh, go back to Chicago uh, with a 2-0 lead, Frank. But they win at 93-86, so we're happy about that. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll leave it there for Frank and myself. Catch you guys then.